Let's whip around the 30 teams in the NBA, injury updates, when players are expected back, perhaps who might fill in for their roles. That's what we're doing, NBA Injury Report, Mick Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and yes, I can hear you, Clem Fandango. And I'm the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We're available on all platforms. Just going to give you a quick little schedule update. There are 12 games on today. So we are going to have a 12-game recap show. It's going to be ball-busting. It's going to be huge, I think, maybe. You know, it'll be long. I know that much. But because there are no games on Tuesday, I won't have a daily look ahead to Tuesday because it'll just be me sitting there picking my nose. Won't do it. So what we do, have this show. We've got a pregame show today. We've got a recap show. Tomorrow, you will have a Wednesday 14-game look-ahead show plus the first buy-low, sell-high show of the season. And then on Wednesday... Back to normal. We'll have waiver wire show, daily look ahead show, and recap show. That's the structure. That's where we're going. That's how it all looks. So we'll just get into this show now and go through all 30 NBA teams looking at their injuries. We will start with the Washington Wizards. We're going to start at the bottom. A bit like Drake. Dan Gafford is questionable with an ankle injury. Again, He's frustrated. I looked at Dan Gafford's stats yesterday, and right, I know it's frustrating if you roster him with this injury. He missed five games last year, by the way. Also, remember that. That injury and durability doesn't carry across. Um, he's averaging three shots per game. <laughs> like, it's at 4% usage. So, if you look at some of his numbers and you're disappointed by his scoring, A, you didn't draft him for scoring, but B, he's not going to average three shots per game. It is going to come up, I guarantee you. But the other thing is, he's shooting 85% from the field with six and a half rebounds and two blocks, which honestly, it's not far off what you drafted him for. Like you would have drafted him for seven or eight rebounds for hopefully two blocks and for 70% field goals. You're not far off it. Now I know the field goal percentage doesn't impact as much because he's not taking any shots, but he's not going to stay playing, taking three shots a game. It is going to increase. So yes, I still believe Gafford's a must-roster player, despite... Some of the frustrations. Um, they've also got Denny Avdia and Corey Kispert, both listed as questionable for today's game. I expect that Kispert misses. It looked like he would miss about a week or so with um, his ankle problem. That just gives more minutes to the 13 blokes that they run out every time. Ryan Rollins, Patrick Baldwin, um, Johnny Davis. Like They just run everyone out. It's really This rotation is going to be an absolute pain in my ass all season. Like It's going to be frustrating, I can tell. As for Avdia, I don't think he's much, much risk of missing. If he does, we look at Bilal Kulabali as the guy that fills in there, but we know that he's a defensive stats guy with not much else going on. All right, the Utah Jazz. They are 
they're pretty sick. Nothing's going on there. That's good for them. No current injuries to report. But we do go to Toronto. There are a couple here. The big sneeze himself, Precious Achua, has been out for a while with a groin injury. Has that helped Jakob Pertl get back on track and play 28 minutes? I don't think so. I don't think that you should be limiting Pertl to play Achua more. I think that Pertl is by far the better player. But that doesn't mean that my opinions align with Darko Ryakovic's. So we'll see how that all looks. And then Christian Coloco's had this illness, which they announced. I don't know what it is, right? I'd be a little worried about it because they announced this at some point in preseason. Go, yeah, he's going to miss the start of the season with a respiratory illness. He's still not back. What respiratory illness takes you over a month to recover from? Unless there's something, and, and I am. I am a registered, actually not anymore, not registered anymore, but I am a medical professional. What's it got? Legionnaire's disease? What the hell's going on? Tuberculosis? I don't know what's happening. Why is he out for so long with a respiratory disease? Has he got um, emphysema? I honestly don't know what's going on with his illness that's caused him to miss this much time and that we knew about in advance. But that's another center that won't be in the rotation, maybe. So I've got them both listed questionable. We don't have an official timeline on either of them, so I don't know. So that's what we're going to... For so many of them that we don't have official timelines on, they're either going to be listed as maybe back next game or questionable to return in the next game. The San Antonio Spurs, we get conflicting information about Devin Vassell. Pop said he's going to be out for a while. Then he was initially listed questionable, and now he's missed two games in a row. I've got him maybe returning on the 10th of November there, but that is just pure guesswork. I I would guess, again, we get back and forward, so it does screw with your brain when you try and think, well, out for a while, groin injury, four weeks. That's the immediate thought that I have. Soft tissue injury, out for a while, groin, four weeks, no problem. Um, and then, you know, questionable. So well, maybe not. Maybe it's just a little bit of soreness, but I, I don't know. And then he's missed Sunday. He's missed Monday. I'm going to rule him out for Wednesday at this point based on my own prediction. I just don't think that he's going to play. And I think you should plan for your week that he doesn't. And I've got him as a, as a tentative return on Friday, but I could easily see him not coming back until like the 18th. But I don't know. Calden Johnson, the horse, has popped up on the injury report with wrist soreness. Um, Wemby's not on the injury report, so it looks like he'll play the back-to-back. Doug McDermott's also not on the injury report on a back-to-back. But we have seen in the past that they li- they, they don't list McDermott on the injury report, and then he um, doesn't play anyway. So don't be surprised if Douglas does not get out there on a back-to-back because they there was a pattern, if I remember correctly, there was a pattern of them doing this last season as well. On to the Sacramento Kings. Darren Fox was questionable for Saturday's game. He has now been ruled out for Saturdays and for Mondays with an ankle sprain. I guess he just doesn't want it enough. That's what Kings fans told me about why they had such good injury luck last season is all their players actually wanted to play um, and other teams didn't. And they were the only team that had the um, training facilities and the mental attitude that all their players wanted to play. So... I'm sorry to tell you, De'Aaron, uh, soft, mate. Like, you just don't want to be out there. Simple, simple as that. Like, not my rules. I don't make them. I just enforce them. So Fox is going to be out Monday. I would say there is a risk of him being out Wednesday. That would put it at about a week for that ankle injury. So we know the guys that we look at. It's Malik Monk, and then there's a bit of Davion Mitchell, and then it's Colby Jones, Kevin Herter, Chris Duarte, who we don't care about that much for fantasy. And... These are two really high-volume days, so we don't really care much. There may be Monk use on Monday, but that's about it. And then he returns after that. We haven't seen Trey Lyles all, all season. I think he played 80 games last season. He hasn't played at all yet. So he's ruled out for Monday with a calf issue, which is, that's again, a three, four-week injury. 
So he's closing in on a return, maybe an 8th of November return, but I wouldn't be shocked if this extends out another week there for Trey Lyles with his um with his calf injury. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time to get in on the action because all you got to do is just find a team that you think is going to win, five bucks on, $150 in bonus bets arrive, and then... You use those bonus bets. You've got futures and spreads, parlays, player props, totals. It's all there over on FanDuel for other sports, NBA, NFL, college basketball, which I believe starts today, college football. Don't know if they've got NBL action over there, but maybe you can bet on uh, Alex Saar and his Perth Wildcats. Whatever it is, FanDuel's going to have so much there for you. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Okay, let's take it across to the next one. It is the Portland Trailblazers who do have legitimate injuries. Anthony Simons with his thumb, we're looking at around December the 19th for him to return. We've already seen what happens. Shaden Sharp and Malcolm Brogdon become must roster, very high value players. I would absolutely consider sell highs on both of them. We'll talk about this more in the sell high show tomorrow. Whether you can pull it off, Giggity, I don't know. In fact, with Brogdon, it's almost going to be impossible. With Sharp, you never know. If I could get a top 60 player for Shaden, I would do it. And if I can't, i just roll with it. And I'm going to talk more about buy low, sell high strategy tomorrow. Scoot Henderson missed two games with an ankle problem. It doesn't appear like it's a serious one. So I would say that he's a decent shot to return Wednesday, but there's 14 games on Wednesday. So you don't need to rush him back into the lineup. What you would hope is that he returns old Scooter for Sunday. Now, he was showing signs of life before he hurt his ankle. I still believe he is a guy that you want on your roster. Don't be shocked if we hit the 20th of November and Scoot's running out 18 points, seven uh, assists, four rebounds, 1.3 steals on 42% shooting. Don't be shocked. This is a very common refrain from elite-level point guard prospects. Some of them don't. Fox, notoriously dreadful. Garland, pretty bad. But Trey Young, sucked. Um... There's, I'm trying to think of who else. There's someone else at the top of my head. I, I, can't, I can't even get to them. But they struggle early as a rookie. And then mid-November, something clicks and it gets better. So I do believe Scoot's a must roster. We don't have an update yet on the Rock DJ, Robbie Williams, who left last game with a knee problem. And immediately you see Rob Williams' knee and you go, oh no, oh no, he's cooked. I don't know that it's that serious. It didn't look to be something that's going to cost bunches of time. This is why, of course, uh, he was pushed way down draft boards. This is why we didn't think there was much chance of him overtaking Dion Rayton as the starter. In points leagues, he's not worth it. He's not worth the hassle of questionable tags and injuries in 12-team leagues. In, in categories, he probably is worth a hold for now. And again, they play Wednesday. There's 14 games on, so you can easily hold him on your bench and they play again Sunday. And we'd hopefully get more information by then. It, I don't think it's anything serious. There's Ish Wainwright who they claimed off waivers. He hasn't played yet this season. He's dealing with a calf issue. There might be some minutes there for him. Um, yeah, he's got to just overtake like a Jabari Walker. I was going to say he has to overtake Chris Murray, but Chris Murray uh, is not in the rotation, a pick that so far hasn't worked out particularly strongly for Portland. Let's look at the next team, and it is the frustrating Phoenix Suns. Devin Booker with his third leg injury of the season. Yes, that is true. He has a calf injury now. He is doubtful for Wednesday's game. So he's already listed doubtful for Wednesday. A calf is not great. 
Like, it's not good. I am very, very concerned. Their next game after that is Friday, which would be an interesting day to be able to stream in Eric Gordon uh, and Grayson Allen. Um, but yeah, like I think plan for no booker this week would be my guess. If you already ruled out three days in advance, as or not, not ruled out, you're listed doubtful, and doubtful's officially 25% chance of playing. In reality, it's 10. I would think maybe he plays Friday and Sunday's a decent target. As for Beal, it does look like he's getting closer. I think that there is a 50-50 chance. I'm listing Beal questionable. 50-50 chance of him playing on Wednesday. Um, if not, I'd be relatively confident that he plays on Friday. The other injury there is Damian Lee, who had meniscus surgery. We're not expecting him back until middle of December at the very earliest. That brings us across to the Philadelphia 76ers and Sixers fans. You might want to knock on wood here because there are no current injuries. That is always sick. We love that. We love having no, in- no injuries on a team, and hopefully it holds. And that brings us to a team that... Last week we did this, had no injuries, and now they have lots. And that is the Orlando Magic. Wendell Carter, broken hand. 2nd of December is our expected return date. We're going to get really more information on this today. Gogo was the guy that started. Wagner still produced in like 19 minutes and had foul trouble. Now, would Mo Wagner have gotten 26 and Goga 22? I don't know. I don't. It, the way that Badadze played last game and the production that he had makes me think okay, he was obviously really good in that role. But even with Wagner in foul trouble, Gogo didn't push to 30 minutes, which makes me think that maybe what he did, 21, 22, is about where it sits. And then Moe pushes a little bit more coming off the bench. But I don't know. And we'll find out today. I think both Goga and Mo Wagner are worth having on 12-team rosters while Wendell is out until we get more information. We know that Markel Fultz is out with his knee swelling. No specifics on this. This means we get this great opportunity again for Anthony Black. Now, I've heard some people, not many, but a couple of people said, well, this is it now. Black's got the taste of the starting job and they won't give it back to Fultz. And I just don't believe that's true. Black is fine to stream. Will you even use him on Monday? Probably not. But they've got a great schedule at the end of the week. Thursday, Saturday, they play. There are not many teams that play those two games on the three quality days. So they've got good value there. So all of these guys, Wagner, Badadze, Suggs, Anthony, uh, Black, so many different guys that you can throw out there and use um, towards the end of the week. Gary Harris is out again on Monday with a groin issue. Gary's injury history would suggest, I've got him listed there returning 9th and 11th because we haven't heard a time frame. I'd be pretty shocked if we see Gaz in the next two weeks. Honestly, they haven't said anything, but Gary has got a soft tissue injury problem. It always happens. And I'd be shocked if he's here in the next two weeks. I just, I just don't think it will be. And that gives Anthony, it gives Suggs, and it does give a little bit of extra value there to Black, but not enough to be a must-roster 12-team league guy. And then old mate John Isaac. Didn't take long, did it? He's questionable with a hamstring issue. Oh, no. Um, he had hamstring, he had groin surgery last uh, off-season with hamstring issue before that, with the multiple knee surgeries before that. He is only playing limited minutes still. He hasn't topped uh, over 14 minutes yet. And even with Carter out, he played only 11 minutes last game. So you've got to be worried there and you don't have to be rostering him in 12-teamers. Let's go to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I love the Thunder as an organization. I'm really like, I'm impressed with what they do behind the scenes. I'm impressed by their front office. I'm impressed by things that I hear about their front office and about their coaching staff. And I'm impressed by the results that I see on the court from all of those things. But they are the worst, absolute worst, in this injury designation stuff. They ruled Shea Gildas-Alexander out yesterday. I wake up this morning, you know, out there, adjusting everything, getting up, ah, let's go have a shower. Shea's question, excuse me? 
And this happened multiple times last season. The only team that does it. They rule a bloke out a day in advance. You go, thank you, Thunder. Thank you, Injury Gods, for at least letting me know so I can plan what's happening. This guy is out. You get to the next day. Ha, ah, he's actually in. Just list him doubtful. If you actually, if there is actually a chance, and it can't be coincidence. It can't be, well, every time it's a miracle recovery. Bullshit. It can't be every time. The odds would suggest that it can't be every time because you're the only team it happens to. List them doubtful. List, I don't want them to list some question because that leaves us up in the air. If you think there's a chance of playing, doubtful. I would say the NBA, if you're going to list a bloke out, he is out. That is it. Out is out. Out is not small chance of playing. So once you're out, you're out. You're cooked. You're done. You're finished. You're done for that game. But the NBA won't do that because, you know, they won't. Kenridge Williams is out, but is he actually out? I don't know. He hasn't played all season with a back issue. If he does return, that's going to impact guys like Jeng, uh, Wiggins, um, Pig Williams. Kenridge Williams is just a very strong winning player, and they will use him, but his role is going to be intriguing with Chet here on this team this season. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Jace Case. The Jace Case is a personalized emergency medication kit containing five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. There's so many weird things that happen with um, emergencies at the moment. Well, number one, let's look at drug supply chain. Sometimes you go to get your medication from the pharmacy or the drugstore, and they go, sorry, it's out of stock. It's been out of stock for months. What? I need it, right? But what if you're in an emergency situation and you can't get what you need? Or there's a natural disaster, a flood, a cyclone, a hurricane, a fire, a landslide, an earthquake, and you're trapped at home in an emergency situation for you or your family. Having the Jace case there is something to give you peace of mind to help protect your family in these situations. You don't use it for anything. You use it when it's necessary. And with Jace Medical, you've got access to their doctors. Talk through everything that you need with those conditions in those situations where it is literally a matter of life or death. You don't want to have to use this, but you want to have it there just in case you need to use it. So go to jacemedical.com, enter the code LOCKEDON at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. The promo code is locked on at jasemedical.com. Okay. What about your New York Knicks? Rowan Barrett missed the last couple of games with a knee problem. He is currently listed as questionable. With him out, Josh Hart does become a streamer, but it's still so weird and confusing like last game. With no Barrett, Emmanuel quickly played 22 minutes and Josh Hart played 36. This is why I was so cautious about guys like quickly heading into the season. It's like, how do you get 28 minutes? It's very hard on this team. So Barrett might, he's currently questionable officially for Monday. They play again Wednesday. I wouldn't prioritize adding Hart. And I think we're getting to the stage where someone like a quickly is not a must roster guy. Even a DiVincenzo who played 30 minutes the first game that Barrett was out, played 18 in the next one. That's not useful, is it? And then he's not going to get those minutes on nights where everyone's healthy. So while it might seem great that Barrett is out for the value of others, not for Barrett, of course. It might be great for the others. It's not. It's sort of all over the place. And I think this Knicks rotation, for as steady as it is, it's still annoying from a fantasy perspective. The I don't know why I've kept... RJ Barrett on that list because RJ Barrett should not be the first name on that list. Don't know why that's adjusted that way. Uh, apologies for that. That is Christian James McCullum. 
who should be there for the New Orleans Pelicans. McCullum is dealing with that lung pneumothorax. We have McCullum returning around the 1st of December. So about three to four weeks. It could be six. It could be eight. Right? We don't know exactly. Um, they've also got Trey Murphy out. So we're looking at around beginning of December return for him. Alvarado at the 12th of uh, November. And I've got Najee Marshall around then too. Jose, you would uh, you would have added Jose with CJ out, but he's out. We sh- assume he returns at the beginning of next week. And then he'll have to ramp up. And at the moment, it's like a three-way situation between Hawkins, Daniels, and Kyra Lewis. Lewis hasn't really played much at all this season. He had one game of 20 minutes. I liked him as a prospect. I've soured a little bit on him. They've been giving more minutes to Daniels and Hawkins. It doesn't mean that they get all of them in this one. I still would prioritize Hawkins and Daniels over Lewis, but I could see Lewis jumping into the starting lineup as a guy who actually is a full-time point guard, which makes it really hard. With all these guys out as well, like they're four rotation players, CJ, Trey, Jose and Marshall. So when you're looking at the back end where Matt Ryan's playing and even Hawkins is playing and even Lewis is playing, like do they even play on nights where all these guys are healthy? Don't know. It is a, it is a curious um, rotation at the moment. Let's look at the Minnesota Timberwolves. Jalen Clark with a torn Achilles is their only current injury. He will be back in March is the uh, estimation. We'll go through to the next team straight away, and that is the Milwaukee Bucks. And currently, they don't have any injuries, so good news on that front for the Bucks. Well, they have injuries. The injury is Chris Middleton ramping up from knee issue, and he'll miss some back-to-backs and have been on a minutes limit. But he is looking better. If he was dropped, I would grab him. For the Heat, this... I'd said the Thunder are annoying with their injury reporting. This team is worse. They're worse in so many different ways. But they listed one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players on their injury report. And they just said, yeah, they're playing. Sick. You don't need to tell us that. And then they listed another two guys as probable, a questionable, a doubtful, and an out. So there is one, two, three, four, five players on their roster who weren't on the injury report. Yet there's only one player who is definitely out and another one who's unlikely to play in RJ Hampton. And they did this last season as well. It was like the Lakers listing LeBron and AD as questionable every game. The Heat just said, oh, yeah, he's playing. Cool. Didn't think he wasn't. Um, so Caleb Martin's out. I They're listing as knee tendonitis. Now, I'm not a big brother-to-brother comparison thing, but yeah, both Cody Martin and Caleb Martin are dealing with a, an ongoing knee problem. That is a little worrying. Now, I don't use the Lonzo to Lamello thing because they're literally completely different injuries. One's a knee thing and one was he sprained his ankle. Not related in the slightest. These are worrying. Caleb has played like, what, one game this season? He played 20 minutes. He hasn't played since. Obviously, we don't need to roster Caleb Martin in 12-team leagues, although he's still rostered in 12-team leagues. You don't need to do this. And with him out... It's Hayward Highsmith, who's getting a bit of a run. Uh, Kevin Love was out of the rotation last game. Duncan Robinson in, the, in there. Their back-end rotation is pretty shit-ass. Um, maybe Ka- I've got Caleb maybe returning on the 8th. It's just because they won't give us any information. So I, I don't know how far to project that out. And I don't even know what the injury is. We've got RJ, Ham- RJ Hampton, doubtful with a stomach illness. A little bit of a to- sore tummy. Um, Nikola Jovic with a head illness. Cool. Um, these guys don't play anyway. And Jimmy Butler is probably the more worrying one. Now, he's listed probable. He's already missed uh, one game, which is a back-to-back, but he's been listed multiple times with this knee problem. And I'd have to say that I am a little a little concerned. The next game, 
Well, the next team is the Memphis Grizzlies, who also have a bunch of injuries or absences at the moment. Some of these long-term. I didn't even put Stephen Adams on this list because he's out for the season. Ja Morant has 18 games to go. He is slated to return the 19th of December. Brandon Clark is looking at the end of February, beginning of March for a return from his Achilles injury. Derek Rose, the 12th of November from a knee problem. They're filling in his minutes with Jacob Gilliard. Um, Rose, I don't think he's up to it anymore. John Conchar is uh, questionable with a hip issue. He missed the last game. I guess he could play, but we're not super prioritizing him. And the other one is the big fella, Xavier T. Illman, who uh, was the latest of late scratches. Scratched six minutes after the game started. Alleged, or allegedly started on Sunday with knee soreness. He was slated to start again. So this is what I don't really know how to process. They don't play again until Wednesday. I expect that Tillman plays on Wednesday. But will they just go with Biombo again? Will they start Tillman, which they were expected to do? Was Biombo good enough to start him over Tillman? There's some misunderstanding about Tillman. I was discussing this with someone on, on Twitter yesterday. Went, yeah, because uh, you know, with, with Tillman, all these good numbers come against backups. Like, that's not true. Like He started in the playoffs last season and battled pretty well against Anthony Davis against the Lakers starters in narrowed and shortened rotations in the playoffs. And he put up pretty strong numbers. And like his on-off was a positive in that series as well. So he is a guy that has been able to hold up. Now, he hasn't been great this season. The shots aren't going in. But I don't know whether he will start or whether it will be Biombo or they just split the minutes down the middle. It's really up in the air at this point. But they uh, that's the injuries currently for Memphis. Tillman, it depends who you're looking to add. I, I, you can consider dropping him. But I'd also just like to wait and see how they decide to divide those minutes. For the aforementioned Los Angeles Lakers, a lot of injuries here. Jared Vanderbilt Bar we're looking at as probably a return at the end of the week, maybe the start of next week. Gabe Vinson is looking towards the end of the month. We've got him at the 25th of November. He's out with that knee effusion. With him out, that is helping get more minutes into D'Angelo Russell, and it's probably helping a little bit of extra Max Christie in there too. Rui Hachimura with a concussion. He has already missed three games. He'll miss his fourth on Monday. There would have to be a chance of him returning on Wednesday. Obviously, we don't roster him for fantasy, but his absence, along with Vanderbilt's absence, and now Jackson Hayes is out with an ankle problem on Monday. That is just pumping more minutes into Chris Wood and giving him way more value for fantasy and putting him into a 12-team maybe situation. Whether it lasts when Vanderbilt, Hachimura, and Hayes all return, I have my doubts. But for now... We're seeing some interesting stuff from Woody. Um, Jalen Huchifino dealing with a knee injury. We haven't seen him uh, play yet. He's out until around the 25th of November is our estimate on that one. For the LA Clippers, Terrence Mann with an ankle problem. He seemed like he'd be out for a while, but they're only he's sort of only just listed out for Monday. Maybe he returns Wednesday. I, you don't need to roster him in 12-team leagues or probably even 14-team leagues. His return, though, when he gets back up to speed, will be very interesting to see what the impact there is on Russell Westbrook, Norman Powell, and on Bones Highland. But he's out at the moment. And then BJ Boston, probably out for the rest of this month. I'm really disappointed in BJ Boston's career, not from his perspective. I think he's actually not a bad player, and he could find a role somewhere. But on this team, it just never worked out. And even now, when guys are out, he's injured himself. And they also just converted Josh Primo to a full-time contract and brought in Xavier Moon on a uh, on a two-way. Uh, the Primo redemption story is pretty crazy. Obviously, you don't need to add Josh Primo in 10 or 12 or 14 or 16 team leagues because he still has to battle Bones and Mann and Powell and Harden and Westbrook for minutes. But he is there. He's been upgraded from a two-way already. Sick. Um, the Pacers, 
They have a currently clean injury report, so that is always great, great news. The Rockets, Amen Thompson with an ankle problem. We're expecting an end-of-the-month return. They said it was a grade two ankle, so that's multiple weeks. With him out, they've been running with Aaron Holiday in the backup unit, so deeper leagues, you can get a backup point guard there. Tari Eason's probably around a week away, I would guess, maybe two weeks away from his uh, fractured leg issue. Finding him enough minutes is going to be hard. I, I believe like it's not like he can come in and take Reggie Bullock's minutes because Bullock isn't playing. So I don't think that Eason is going to be a 12 tip. As much as I want him to be, I don't think there are enough minutes there for him to come in and play like 25 a night, which is probably what he needs. I don't see how that happens, honestly. And then Victor Oladipo, I, look, we've got him there 22nd of February. I, I think he might not return this season at all, honestly. The Golden State Warriors is a back-to-back for them. Steve Kerr said everyone is playing in the back-to-back. And then lo and behold, Draymond popped up on the injury report today as questionable with ankle soreness. I would say there's a decent chance he misses this game on Monday. We'll see. Everyone would, but it's a return to Michigan. He has to play. Even if he does miss, he'll be right for Wednesday. And it looks like Clay and Steph and Chris Paul and all those guys are ready to go. If Draymond is out, Kaminga would get a big boost there. But are you going to actually stream him in on a 12-game day? Probably not. For the Detroit Pistons, there are multiple injuries here. Boyan Bogdanovich with that calf issue. We've got him projected for an early December return. Isaiah Livers with a grade three ankle issue returning in early December as well. There's Monte Morris with a back problem. We've got him around the 17th of uh, November, so about two weeks from now. Alec Burks was out the last three games with a forearm issue. He is doubtful for Monday, which would make his return Wednesday seem more likely. We wouldn't add him for that game. Maybe you'd look on Friday to add him um, if you wanted to stream him in. And Jaden Ivey missed Sunday's game with an illness. He is questionable for Monday. But this is where I always have this problem with the with Sasa. Sasa's been great. 23, 23, 30 minutes the last three games. They are the three games that Alec Burks hasn't played. And then one of them, Ivey didn't play. Sasa is ahead of Ivey in the rotation at the moment. So he might be able to maintain 20. But I don't think 30 a night is there. Plus, Bogdanovich, Livers, Morris, they can all return. Also, Speaking of this team just losing every single shooter in the world, Joe Harris is out today with a shoulder injury. Not that Harris has been good, but he's been playing 10 minutes. So just another guy that can shoot just to add a bunch of other guys that can't shoot. Shout out to James Wiseman's revenge game today as well. So if you're playing DFS, you might want to look into that one. I'm joking, of course. I'm joking. Just in case someone went, oh, you told me, put him in my DFS lineup. I'm not. Don't do it. Denver. Um, The headmaster, Jamal Murray, with a hamstring injury. He's currently ruled out for Monday. It's hard to know. Immediately, I would just say that's multiple weeks, but the NBA is Cavalier with hamstring injuries. So I don't really know how to uh, play this out. I would say that he misses... Well, he's going to miss Monday. I would suggest that he misses Wednesday, maybe a return on Sunday, but I would think playing it safe. They have three games this week, Monday, Wednesday, Sunday, and then next week they play Tuesday and then not again until Friday. So I would think that the more likely scenario is versus Murray playing on Wednesday the 8th, that he returns on like the 17th or 19th of November, give it two weeks to heal, meaning Reggie Jackson pushes into a stream zone, but we just don't know that. All they've done is ruled him out for Monday. For the Mavericks, this is a back-to-back, so it is absolutely unshocking to see both Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic on the injury report as questionable. Luka with his quad issue, which he dealt with all preseason. Kyrie with his foot issue, which he missed two games for already. Um, Don't be shocked if both of these guys or one of these guys sit, which would mean Josh Green, Jaden Hardy, Tim Hardaway all get big bumps. Maxi Kleber's missed uh, the last two games. He's upgraded to questionable with that toe dislocation. His, His presence might impact 
what happens with Derek Lively, but I, I don't really think it's going to be a big thing. Lively still remains a 12-team guy. Um, the Cleveland Cavaliers, we got Garland back, we got Allen back, but then Isaac Okoro popped up on the injury report. He's dealing with knee soreness. His value was done anyway, so he's he was back to being a 16-team league guy. Ty Jerome has missed five straight. We've got him questionable for Wednesday, but with Garland and Mitchell both healthy, we don't really need to worry about him. And then Ricky Rubio with his uh, mental health issues and uh, career evaluation, I guess. Uh, I don't know if he's going to play or return. I've got him maybe returning like January, February, but we haven't had any information on that. For the Chicago Bulls, only a couple of injuries there. Ayo Dosumu missed, um, what did he miss? He missed the last two games, Friday, Saturday with an illness. He's officially questionable for Monday. So we hope he's okay with his upper respiratory issue. Has he got COVID? Is that what it is? Maybe. Maybe that's what Coloco's got back from earlier in the show. I'm not sure. So uh, Desumu's questionable with him out. His 10 minutes don't really matter. They just get pumped into guys like Javon Carter. Um, Caruso is probable with an elbow injury, and Patrick Williams is probable with a finger sprain. Williams played 28 minutes off the bench last game. Watch that. If he plays 28 again, then that puts it back on the menu as a defensive stats streamer. While Caruso played only 14 minutes last game, was that a factor? Uh, was the elbow injury a factor in that? The Charlotte Hornets, Terry Rozier missed the last game with a groin strain. They are the absolute stinking worst at giving us injury information. Remember last year when Terry Rozier had an ankle problem and they just would leave it, leave it, leave it, and then give it a doubtful tag every day for three weeks, which they did also for Cody Martin with his knee injury. Martin played three games, but he had 50 doubtful tags, I reckon. That's not true because once he had knee surgery, we just wiped him out for the year. But for like... I would say 40 games combined between Rozier and Martin, they got doubtful tags every day. So again, groin injury didn't look great. I would guess that Rozier misses this week and next week, but I don't know. They won't tell us and just watch out. If they lay a doubtful tag on him, that doesn't mean he's close. That is what this team does. If he gets a doubtful for Wednesday, he will be out and then I'll probably just rule him out for a week plus. If he, gets that, if he gets a questionable, I'm a little bit more cautious with it. I still think he'll miss. But if he gets a doubtful, that to me is a sign that it's two and a half weeks out. Nilakina's is out with a knee problem out until you know, whenever. It's a long way away. Miles Bridges' return is coming on the 17th of November unless an additional suspension gets slapped on by the team and the NBA. You would have thought you would have heard something from this team. Maybe they're waiting for the 13th of November court case. I don't know. But he's been allowed. He's around the team. He's practicing with the team. They're acting like these two arrest warrants didn't happen. So, again, I talked about this at length yesterday. He looks like he will return and he will play. Cody Martin, well, cool. Like, still hasn't played since those three games last season. Still out. I am getting very worried that this is Alonzo Ball type scenario, that he might miss the year. Like, this is an ongoing... He had surgery in, like, January, December maybe, and still nothing. And for a knee injury that we don't actually know what it was. It wasn't an ACL, MCL, PCL, meniscus, nothing. Just knee. It's, it's worrying, yeah? That, that's re- that is really concerning. Um, and James Booknight dealing with a knee injury. This bloke's not going to play anyway. He's bad. Let's go on to the next team, which is the Brooklyn Nets. Nick Claxton's an interesting one. He said, I've got a grade three ankle sprain and I'm day to day. Bro, those two things don't go together. A grade three ankle sprain is a month to month injury. It is not a, uh, we'll see what happens in four days. So do I believe him saying he's day-to-day? Do I believe him saying that he's grade three? I don't know. So I'm going to just lean towards being pessimistic. I'm going to say that grade three probably puts him at the beginning of December. 
in terms of a return, and that means Dorian Finney-Smith is the guy that we stream in there. But maybe he does return in a day, and it's all well and good. Remember, Claxton missed, I think, four games last season, six games last season. Cam Johnson, just another disaster season so far. Played one game and then hurt his hamstring in preseason. Played one game, hurt his calf. He's missed five games. We expect him to be out for the rest of this week. Maybe he returns on the Sunday the 12th or Monday or Tuesday the 14th. With him out, of course, it's Cam Thomas and Dorian Finney-Smith and Royce O'Neill who are stepping up. Lonnie Walker is also probable with knee soreness. Walker had a couple of big games and then played 16 and 17 minutes the last two, and he will be out of the rotation when Cam Johnson eventually does return. Derek Whitehead, I don't know that he plays at all this season. Probably plays a couple of games in January, February for the G League, but he's dealing with that second foot surgery. The Boston Celtics, a couple of injuries have popped up for them today. Kristaps Porzingis with an eye issue. He's questionable game time decision for Monday's game. So thankfully, that doesn't look like it's a long-term thing. Nemius Keita dealing with a foot injury. I've ruled him out for the next week or so. Just a big man with a foot injury. I'm not going to be like, well, every day, let's see what happens. He also doesn't matter for most fantasy leagues. O'Shea Brissett is questionable with a thumb sprain, um, which would be a shame because if he... If Porzingis is out, Brissett might be an interesting stream. Otherwise, obviously, Horford boosts and Luke Cornett boosts significantly. The other one is Derek White, who missed Saturday's game and will miss Monday's game as well, being ruled out there for paternity leave for the birth of his child. Remember, Derek White played every game last season, and he's already missed two this year. Just just stay in the facts. Derek White's so out, um, and we expect a return on the 8th um, for White to get back there. White also, just when you look at his numbers, fantasy rank can be irrelevant. As long if you don't pay attention to the numbers. He's shooting like 60% from three, I think it is. Or 58% from three and 68% overall. It's going to come down. Um, lastly, it is the Atlanta Hawks. Kobe Bufkin has a fractured thumb. He's out until the end of November. He wasn't in the rotation either. Wes Matthews has a calf injury. He came back and played like three minutes. And I wasn't Wes, so that was Garrison that came back. Sorry. Wes is still dealing with a calf injury, so he's out for another week or so. Maybe he's back the middle of next week. But they are running the tightest rotation in the NBA. They ran an eight-man rotation last game. Eight. AJ Griffin not even in the rotation. That is how we're getting big minutes for Jalen Johnson, big minutes for Sadiq Bay, big minutes for everybody. Eight-man they're running. It's like it's the playoffs for Quinn Snyder. Does he just hate their bench? Well, fair enough. It's Griffin who I do like, but Bufkin, Gay, Lundy, Matthews, Matthews, Mills, Forrest... Doesn't like them at all. They're running really thin. If someone gets hurt, shit's going to break open for some interesting players because that is a tight, tight rotation. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. You thumb it up and you leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.